last time on Dice Funk. Is this world safe for dragons? And if there is a 600 foot tall giant roaming around, that's kind of important to know. But if behind your door was this legendary magical tool, then perhaps the same is true here. I think this is a living biome. I think this entire biome is one living being, and these are parasites or even like symbiotic or communal skin mites. All right, so everyone just keeps running as the shadow falls over you. You fail your athletics, uh, so you are not able to get out of the shadow before something happens. But then, as it starts coming down, there is a uh, change in pressure, and none of you see it behind you. Uh, but you are all like uh, pushed by this by this change in pressure to the ground uh, as whatever it is stretches out a limb. You don't know if it's a hand or or just a mouth on a neck and it's, whatever it is is coming down around you and it hits the ground on all sides of you setting up a huge dust storm and then you are all swallowed in darkness as it scoops you up. Trayan has blind sense now so um, he can at least perceive his surroundings even in darkness um, but like it's hard because it's such an, a foreign environment that it's hard to kind of notice what's going on around him I suppose you make your way through the body of this creature uh, and you think uh, you maybe hear something uh, your perception checks earlier were successful uh, and you see a number of figures uh, there are uh, penguin these horrifying uh, creatures uh, half man half penguin love being eaten uh, kind of waddling <laughs> around in this chamber, uh, and then you see uh, three familiar people, uh, two angels, and an Asimar. So Throg uh, overhand chops into this uh, creature's chest and sets it, sets himself down, ripping its ribcage out, uh, giving Gort the go-ahead to leap into its chest and start tearing its organs out uh, and crushing its heart between its teeth. Like the, the, I don't think the shield is 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 like going to give us flesh disease. I think it's just a cool shield or something. This place is an abomination that cannot be suffered. We do not have the time or resources to deal with it now. But this cannot be suffered to live. In the next chamber over, you hear someone say, "Did someone call me?" Oh, what the fuck now? <laughs> Who is there? They are made of goo. They are made of some kind of like living, uh, semi-solid uh, situation that is not skin, like your uh, skin or scales. Um, and one of these people uh, walks up to you. Hello, it is I, Abomination. You rang. I have a very quick non sequitur to bring up because I, my, 
I've been meaning to for a while. My partner has been listening to the episodes that I'm in, and uh, like right at this, right after the first one, like they they came up to me and said, "I the the talk about the great." molasses flood from boston reminded me that once thrifting i got a book about it and and they just wanted me to mention that because they thought it was very interesting to just have like a geared towards kids book about how someone survived the great molasses flood i think it's like historical fiction i'm not exactly sure i thought you were gonna say that they were also at one point caught in a molasses flood (laughs) which i mean i guess this is the better option what is there to say? You just like chapter one. Oh shit! Here it comes. <laughs> chapter two. It's still on its way. Chapter three. I should have started this sooner. It, that, that is true. Molasses is quite slow. It would take a while. Chapter four. Ah, here's the good stuff. It's finally hitting. Chapter five. Oh wait, I I should have been moving away. Um. So you're saying? Wait, Sketch. Now you're proposing that this is a a firsthand written account. The story in the book is 94 pages long, and it's, like, one of those, like, small, like, paperback books. And then there's a back part about, like, the actual historical event. I I, I have to assume it's in, like, size 20 font. <laughs> Are you getting 94 pages out of a big molasses flood? It's double-spaced. Um, <laughs> oh, good gosh. Well, I, I in terms of... Horrific ideas of things consuming all of us. I think we left at a pretty fun point last time with nothing uh, horrific happening nearby, right? (laughs) So last we left the adventure, the party was swallowed up by a giant monster that may be one of several in the biome of life or maybe the biome itself. It is unclear to you. Uh, You've all been devoured. Uh, while inside the guts of this thing, you came across some angels who had been fleshified when they opened the sarcophagus of the God of Life, uh, and you whooped their asses, although that did draw some attention, and we left off on Throg saying, this place is an abomination that cannot be suffered to live, and then a plasmoid walked into the room with some other plasmoids and said, hey, I'm Abomination, what's up? Or they said it in their, the voice which uh, plasmoids use because they do not have lungs or diaphragms. They're just kind of squeezing their squishy, their goo bodies and making making sounds happen. Uh, so that's where we left off. Uh, Abomination the plasmoid, a living slime uh, dressed in a, a sombrero and a dapper cape, uh, makes your acquaintance. Dragon Quest, what do you do? I, I, I believe I believe Fran's in, instinctive reactions just to give uh, Abomination just a big old thumbs up and a grin um, in, a, in, a, in a show of friendliness. I think Gladys is going to say something like, so did you get swept up in here too? Or are you from this thing? Abomination says, no, my siblings and I are from... The mountain village you passed through on your way to Arabella. We are protectors of this new land and we're here to stop those who may harm the living land. So uh, were you friends with those, uh, well, those folks that used to be angels or were they just kind of, you know, working the same spot as you? The angels were sent here by Laser, the leader of the Duma cult. We warned them 
not to interfere, but they did not listen. And you see the results. And they gesture at the f- like flaming charred remains of the angels, which last episode you uh, just completely beat down. Yeah, those guys were really messed up. I I did not like that entire situation. So you said you are here to defend these lands. What happened to those angels was a direct product of what created these lands. Are you in support of that? In a way, I suppose so. Not every land was created for every purpose. You cannot blame a fish who ventures onto land and asphyxiates. It is not for them. Which actually begs the question, why haven't you been changed? We have not ingested the flesh. Just Gladys makes a note, do not ingest flesh. Okay. (laughs) That that, that has a catchy ring to it. Don't ingest the flesh, you know. Uh, So what are your feelings about how this living land kind of relates to the land nearby. I mean, Laser sent us along this way because it seems like this land has taken some of the uh, some of the animals from that area away. So there might need to be some sort of understanding figured out between everyone. This is the relationship between life and death. It is natural. And we should not interfere. Do do we hear any other plasmoids here? I think he referenced, or I don't know what, uh, I guess, pronoun to use for for abomination. Uh, Did they reference any other plasmoids being here? Slime molds have 720 genders, uh, so they're... They are gender fluid, okay. Uh, unless uh, you are told otherwise, uh, there are actually several other plasmoids behind Abomination, and uh, she introduces them to you. So I was like, "I am Abomination. This is monstrosity. This is freak, and this is peanut." <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I I, th- I think Throg's main goal at this point is get the fuck out of here. Um, he he doesn't really want to debate ethics and the, uh, morals with these these slime creatures in a parasitic environment that wants to turn him into a meat monster uh so he's just going to ask um do you know a way to get out of here absolutely we would love to escort you out uh he'll doggle turn to the rest of them and say do, do you have anything else to ask because i do not want to be here any longer did you guys get named or did you name yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Our brood mother has a very interesting relationship with language. Brood mother. Interesting. Okay. I don't have any other questions. I, 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 I don't think I do. All right. So uh, you all are going to abandon Laser's request to, to kill this creature because that's still on the table. But that would put you at odds with the plasmoids. Basically, uh, it's one or the other. They have mutually conflicting goals. I think I think in character at this moment, Throg is, if I remember correctly, uh, Throg didn't really get hit the last fight, but 
Gladys and Trayan did, so they're a little bit scuffed up. We're outnumbered in a land we're not familiar with, with no real known way to get out. And when Throg hit the ground in one spot, the other, all like three of these monsters all came running. If we killed one of them, that's definitely going to bring the other two to here. And at that point, they might just flat out die. He would rather try to just get out of here, tell Laser exactly what this is, and then have the ability to report back to, the, to his bosses, the dragons, hey, here's what this is. You need a competent, well-thought-out plan to take this thing out. All right. As you say that to your party members, uh, Abomination says, you should probably not tell Laser if he thinks there is no hope to defeat these. He may take drastic actions to open the door of death. I, 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 I think that it's not that there's no hope. I, I, I do think I, I agree with Throg that like it's just a, a matter of a better plan of attack than what I think Laser has been currently doing, just sending people off with no knowledge. If you uh, all agree that you should leave, then we can have this conversation while you're walking through flesh tunnels here. Uh, all the plasmoids are wearing like different colored uh, hats and cloaks, and they kind of, uh, you know, are leading you. There is light uh, from the torch that uh, Throg has, uh, so you're all good there. Uh, while we're, while you're walking, um, the plasmoids are like, you know, talking to each other. The way they often do, but there's also some kind of nonverbal communication that they can do. Um, I don't know if you want to roll anything, but uh, it's it's pretty clear that there's they have abilities that are uh, n- unusual to you. Yeah, I'd like to um to to roll. What is it? I guess insight or uh, where is it in here? Yeah, insight. Um, I'm concerned how blasé they are with the fact that we basically just talked about killing the exact the thing that they're inside of. <laughs> Uh, when they were like, hey, we want to protect these lands. And if they're actually taking us in the place that they, we think we are. Let's see. 16. All right. 12 and 16 pass. Both those are above average. So as you're walking, uh, I think Gladys, you as a alchemist are probably the one who catches on that in addition to the uh, kind of attempted speech that they can do, uh, they also can uh, communicate by pheromone, basically by chemicals as living slimes. Uh, and so that that's like the parts of the gaps in the conversation that you don't catch is they're, they're talking in front of you, essentially in a language you don't speak. Uh, and basically you get from uh, context clues that they are concerned that you're like, oh, we can go tell dragons, uh, form a plan of attack and come back. Uh, they are against this. They think that the gods... Uh, made this land for everybody and it's supposed to be the way it is and you're supposed to find the land that suits you and not go messing with other lands uh so that is a concern but there is not like a unified like they're not all like all right let's jump them on three ready <laughs> you know it's not like that immediate they're just concerned mm-hmm. that's good to keep in mind you know, I think the sad thing is Throg honestly wouldn't care that this is a weird meat land if it wasn't for the fact that it actively sort of preys on other lands and whatever the fuck it did to those Pang men and angels. 
First of all, the Pengmen love it. It's important to remember that. They are sick and Right, nasty. but I don't really... I think the Pengmen have a different frame of reality. And they shouldn't love it. <laughs> now, that, now, now, that's just you opposing your worldview with those Pengmen. Come on. Look, if the Pengmen want to die, I will happily kill all of them. <laughs> but they're abominations that, should, that deserve remember it. Remember to eat them, too. They're delicious. <laughs> but they, don't, they, sh- they should not be go-forcing their, their meat world onto me. The other thing I would clarify is that the biome of life is not attacking every other one, just the one that made de- was made by the god of death, and they appear to have some kind of agreement, their, their philosophies, you know, putting their, their ecosystems next to each other. Uh, it's just possible that Laser doesn't accept that, and that's the, the philosophical conflict between the plasmoids and other people here. Mm-hmm. Which is like um, may bend the world to your needs or accept the world as it is. Th- Throg's main focus is that the angels attempted to basically put it onto us, which is not okay. That and it seemed to completely change how they function and think. If there's like an agreement of some sort between these two biomes of life and death, I get the part where. The big guy reaches over and eats a penguin. Is is the exchange on the other hand just that? For, for is the is the benefit for the Deathland just that something dies? Um, roll nature. Fifteen. Uh, with a 15, Gladys, I think you understand that this kind of symbiotic relationship uh, has to do with the way that the creatures were created, uh, the farm biome or the, f- the biome of death we've, we've been talking about, uh, is like overflowing with these creatures made uh, to do uh, labor or to be eaten. They're very um, purpose-made. So like, yeah, mm. the penguin want to be devoured. I mean, that actually genuinely makes them happy. Uh, and the, the Rons are like, miserable they're suffering <laughs> and like they want to die that's what, what sam made them as uh so yeah it, it's yeah you have one land that is made to create things to die and one that consumes in order to live and then it provides life to its creatures and while the life creatures tend to be seen more parasitic the relationship between the life and death biomes is to a degree symbiotic or at least they're 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 partners effectively in their respective jobs uh and dragon quest doesn't know yet about the the partner animals which is something else the gods created where uh basically if you find an animal that you have like a soul bond with they become your pokemon because that's just another thing the gods built into this world uh, so there's a lot of like specific kind of uh, mechanics going on, and it's perfectly within your right to to, to like be like that's stupid. These people suck. Why do they do this? <laughs> you know, I, I like- think Throg <laughs> would find it inherently more depressing if someone went, "I created a creature that hates to be alive, just to feed into like." another biome to give that biome resources like that's not like the animal kingdom is a brutal place but making it inherently unhappy instead of like part of a natural life cycle like there's plenty of animals that die when they breed but this is just fucked up to him (laughs) this is this is just depressing it's just the worst it's funny because it's, this is not a detail I came up with. This, this is one that I, I'm working with, so it's very interesting the way it all fits together. That's roleplay, baby. <laughs> I think Throg would be quite unhappy if he met the person that designed this. 
You'd have a couple words for him. I think the abomination says to you all as you're kind of comparing notes on, on these things, um, my sibling, Fortunato, is actually the first person born here in Arabella. They want to protect it more than anyone. How many of you guys are there up here? Are, are, are there you guys in every biome on this place? We are very numerous. Our broodmother wanted to create a wide variety of living experiences. And we have gone adventuring across Arabella. But we do not seek to harness its power and secrets. We only want to protect it from those who would exploit it. So you basically want to just keep these lands, these uh, these biomes, as they are, just kind of accept them for what they are? Correct. We have not found the Dragon God's domain, but we assure you it is out there. You should find it before reporting back, and you should rethink your desire to slay this living ecosystem. So after Gladys's back and forth discussion, uh, where she like laid everything out, I think Throg takes sort of like a deep breath and then sighs and says, "Seeing the full scope of things." You are correct. This, you have a, I don't know how to put it, a, a cyc- two cyclical environments intertwined. Removing one would cause catastrophic damage to the other, and I imagine, as a result, cause de- a cascading effect to nearby biomes. I do not think that this... Bi- for as repugnant as I find this place, you are correct. It must stay. We are glad to hear this. If you are concerned about threats to dragonkind, we may have a lead on such a dire threat. We'd like to know everything that you can possibly provide to us. I've already learned more than I could have thought just by running into you and asking a couple questions. It's good to know that there are people like you guys just cataloging, exploring this place, even the really gross parts. (laughs) Yeah, you'll notice Fortunato from the main uh, campaign isn't here because you absolutely could just waste these fools and kill this monster. So I can't, I can't have you cause a time paradox if you if you want to side against them, but uh, I'm glad you like them. Uh, Monstrosity pulls out a small glass jar and uh, shows it to you when you say that, Gladys. Uh, and inside, there is some kind of liquid. Uh, do you recognize it? Roll medicine to know if you do. Oh, okay. It's like, it's your blood. They stole it from you when you weren't looking. <laughs> 17. Uh, 17 is great. Uh, you recognize this kind of viscous, almost mucus type fluid uh, with a 17 as being uh, the secretion of an aboleth. 
a very dangerous creature. Um, and before they, uh, the, you know, the plasmoids even explain to you what it is, you're like, oh, Aboleths are one of the most dire threats to dragonkind. They are incredibly psychically powerful ancient creatures. Um, and you probably could, you know, rattle off a bunch of details about them. But you're like, oh shit, is an Aboleth here? How do you have a jar of their psychic snot? <laughs> Just how the how how the hell did an aboleth get up here? What? Just oh, this concerns us as well. They could not come up the mountain unassisted, as they are big fish. Yeah, but what, 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 is there even a there? There is. I I did we see the ocean on our way to the mines? Yep. Uh, Throg specifically scouted the ocean as a way to uh, transport material from the mine. So you all know about the, the big sea uh, to the east of the central settlement, to the northeast of the mines. Just Gladys is like, oh, I have a, I have a, a, a suddenly concerning thought that that, that that could be a potential place for an abolus to be there. It's still driving me nuts. Why is there one here? I believe Aboleth can just dwell in any real large enough body of water, so they could be fucking anywhere. Uh, yeah, Throckless, where, where you got this from? Yeah, the uh, Abomination says, This washed up on the shore of a fisherman's settlement to the east. Um, and this is uh, somewhere that the main party went by, uh, and they can take you there if you're interested. Um, but it's, this is, a uh, one of the bigger threats. Cause you can just not go to the biome of life and the big, big monster won't eat dragons, but Aboleth, uh, can, can actually walk on land. They can breathe air. Uh, they can create psionic, uh, like basically slaves. Actually the ability they have is literally called enslave. So no ambiguity there. Uh, and they have schemes going back to the dawn of time with the 17 right there, Gladys. I'm going to say that, you know, this thing about their memory is that they are born with all their parents' memory and their parents likewise were born with all their parents' memory, et cetera, et cetera, going back to the creation of the universe. So Aboleth are, by almost any metric, the smartest <laughs> creatures that exist. Mm. Mm -hmm. and fun fact, mm -hmm. they hate mind flayers because they don't remember them. So as far as the dragons back home are considered, uh, this is like Arabella's most wanted. Yeah, it's like, like Gladys is just gonna like, like be turning to the other party members like this, like this land of life, this big creature we're in right now, small small pennies compared to an abolith. I if if we've got a lead, we gotta follow that. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, that uh, Thog would a hundred percent agree. This is the biggest threat. If there's an Aboleth here, um, it, out, out of curiosity, is there any like there there aren't like letters going back and forth through this portal at all, right? There's no like mail service essentially at this point. It's just you have to physically return to uh to the original world if you want to get a message back. There are no formal post structures. Uh, like, the, there's not like a, a Pony Express or anything, mm -hmm. but they were like the first people to come up here. Uh, we talked about Captain Young, was like the original explorer credited with finding Arabella, could conceivably have brought like letters and stuff back. 
Um, the, but this, the literature is scarce, especially because the old world is in such shambles. It's not like when you're like eating beans in a bunker, uh, while the, the, the death claws are on the surface. Like you're like, I can't wait to get my package. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, Th- Th- Throg would absolutely want to try to get some sort of message back to dragons at this point that even before, like the fact that we could confirm an Aboleth was here even before having to fight it. Because it could just kill us. <laughs> I just, I just like the idea of like, dear, dear dragons back at home. How are you? I'm doing okay. Enough small talk. There's an abolith up here. We're all going to die unless we take care of it. Love, Throg. I mean, <laughs> respectfully yours, Throg. P.S. Big Meat Mountain. Don't go there. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> dear dragons, this shit fucked. <laughs> yeah there is not a realistic way to get a message back uh in any kind of reasonable timetable it's like a journey like the going down the mountain will take months and so forth it's a whole thing so okay um all right i think we might have to have a question about a designated survivor type scenario here to get a message back but yeah let's go to the fisherman village <laughs> Dross, Dross, okay. Only one of us will not get the drink and thereby not die a horrible death and thereby have to go home and relay the news. On three, one. <laughs> I think Trey has the highest movement speed. Erko, it has to be him because he can run away faster. Trey's gonna do a fucking combo Street Fighter move away from the big death abolith and, and, and survive. He, uh, he... He does a backflip off the uh, off of Mount Grendel and somehow doesn't die tumbling to the ground. Uh, so the party finds their way back to the surface. You go up like a meaty tunnel uh, to what appears to be like a big scab. Uh, one of you can cut through it. I, that feels like a throg type of maneuver. Yep, <laughs> that'll be throg. Yep, you just pierce uh, the big gooey sack with your pickaxe and rip it apart uh it slimes down into the hallway and you all crawl out uh you can see the farm to the south uh the plasmoids once again uh, exhort you not to update laser uh because they believe that the the correct information about this place will drive him to sacrifice someone on the altar in his basement which we know from the other episodes is true Throg once as per norm strokes his chin whiskers and says to the party they are right but if laser continues to send adventurers here they are going to likely continue to suffer the same fate as the angels did but at the same time I I don't know what we could tell him that would get him to stop but also not take drastic measures hmm I think in either case, we can put off telling him anything and just go take a look at the Aboleth and see if we can figure anything out about that while we think of a good way to dis- dissuade Laser as much as we can. You are right. The The Aboleth is more important. If he sends more adventurers, they have made their choice that is on them. And the Pengmen want to die, and frankly, I support that. So, <laughs> nodding, nodding my head, nodding my head. Excellent. We will show you where the slime washed up. The fishermen are allies of ours and will lend us a boat. Come on. 
It's time to go get a boat. Honestly, I just thinking about this, you know, I wonder if we're going to find something in these lands that you can make use of. Thus far, we have me with some god guts inside of me and Throg over there with his, without a shield and pickaxe. I feel like (laughs) I have a cool hat, but that (laughs) that did come from someone that like came up here from the old world. But I I, I don't feel like I'm being left empty handed because I, I, I feel like I am d- just kind of getting a little overwhelmed by all the things that are just here to process and understand. It might be nice to find something that could be useful to me, but like the gods who made these places have such eclectic, different ideas of what is good for <laughs> their biomes that like it, it's hard to even predict. Like, oh, the god of alchemy decided to just make I can't I I can't even think of something stupid because like I wouldn't want to <laughs> with great power comes great eccentricity mm, yeah mm, nice train leans tilts his head back in things makes me wonder just how many biomes there are up here if there's one that's specific for dragons you know we have to find it and uh, that just, how many could there be? Is there one for every idea? Is there one for every uh, type of type of community? Uh, it, it seems like this place could be way bigger than any of us could have expected. Yeah, why don't you roll religion if you would like to know more about that? Ah, sweet. Let's do it. What I rolled at a I rolled a nine. That's a natural eleven. <laughs> Let, let's see what Throg gets with his minus one. I got a nineteen. <laughs> That's my natural twenty. Oh my god! Twenty one. All right, so twenty one and nineteen. Nineteen is a crit. So the group uh, succeeds. I think what happened is I remember earlier when you employed boomer tactics on the pickaxe by shaking it and hitting it until the the hologram came out again. Mm-hmm. You heard the dwarf god say he was a member of an organization called the Believers of the Source, who are the gods who did this. So you assume there are as many biomes as there were members of the Believers of the Source. Now you don't have that number off the top of your head but you assume that if it was a you know a political organization you know powerful enough to do this that means there there were probably a good number but extremely finite it's not like you know the numbers of stars in the sky or anything i'm not i'm not sure what suggestions would be here but my thought then would be that if it's a political organization probably the most like powerful factions are going to be really represented in here so you might not have like, I don't know, the Gill Men having a, a potential faction, but something like yeah, an elf or dragon would probably have a god here. Yeah, this is a thing from Second Edition, specifically Planescape. Uh, they are a, a, a faction that was involved in two wars in our continuity for control of the multiverse. Um, with the, with these great roles, here's what I'm actually going to give you, which is with a crit. I think Throg, you will recognize the dragon biome when you see it. It won't be like with the life one where I'm like uh, vaguely describing things and you're trying to piece together what it is. Mm-hmm. I think when you see it, you'll feel it deep in your heart. You'll be like, oh shit, there it is. 
uh, his his old man dragon heart. Yeah, and you'll like as you reach you know your sunset years, you're going to be the first uh, dragon born to see what the god of dragons created for dragon kind, which I think is honestly pretty beautiful. As you know, you'll you'll get there at the end of your journey. That sounds cool. I'm just imagining like spotting it over the horizon, and it's just the the, the setting from Dragon Tales, the PBS show. <laughs> Okay, so this is the conversation you're having about the dragon biome. What does uh, you all healing look like? Because we have some hit dice in the chat here. Uh, are, is there anything particular? You have a bunch of bottles of stuff, Gladys? Yeah, Gladys knows how to make... Gladys, def- one of the first things she ever learned was probably how to make like basic healing potions because that's usually one of the first things that people come like to, to buy for, like basic healing, mana, etc. But like she could just like... Like she she has the formula basically nailed down, and she can pull out the ingredients for it and start, like making a couple of basic ones to hand out to, like herself and like Tran and I don't remember if Thra got hurt, but she she would if he also did the hit dice. Yeah, th- I I think Throg is probably taking a lot more of a um uh, brutalist old west approach to this. Uh, he's likely heated up the uh, head of the pickaxe till it's glowing red with his fire breath, and then just pushed it against his wounds to cauterize them. Metal, literally. And then Gort's licking him, of course. Oh. And Treyan is probably engaging in some form of like eyes closed meditation, um, before just feeling out where where he is hurt, um. Uh, applying any of the salves or stuff from uh, Gladys is necessary and just making sure to kind of keep moving and stretching out anything to avoid long-term injuries because let's be honest, if you don't stretch properly after a workout, that's when you really pay for it in the long run. All right, so the party travels east, actually southeast, uh, to get to the sea. Uh, there are a number of humans on the beach here. Uh, they are building small wooden boats with uh, lumber taken from the jungle biome to the west of the central settlement. I don't know how much everyone's internalized the map. I, to me, this is like, I, I see it when I close my eyes, but I don't know as a listener if you have all these things uh, in mind yet. I'm aware that we 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 basically kind of are back to being roughly due east of where we entered um, Arabella from, if I'm not mistaken, because we went south, then north, north again, and then southeast. So, yeah, I had no fucking idea where we were. So, thank you for putting the map back up. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was just about to ask if you could put the map in there. I see mine. There was the farm, and then I guess the the life biome would have been like to the top left. It's the, the very extreme top left. Yeah, I haven't even marked it because I didn't know you were going there. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know how much Throg personally knows about Abolites, but at least if he's aware that they can mentally enslave people, he's going to like take the party aside for a moment and say, "You, we must be cautious. If the Abolith is close enough that its slime is washing up on the shores, we have no way to know if anyone here has already been taken under its thrall. It's good to keep in mind. Is there a... I would wonder out of character if there's a tell for that or if there's like a role to know if there's a tell for that. 
I think that's an insight check situation. So you rolled insight on the plasmoids already, and you succeeded. So if one of them had been mind-controlled, I would have told you. But yeah, if you want to try that again on new people you meet. So there's this human village. Uh, you snuck across the farm biome without alerting uh, the Duma cult uh, because... Uh, if Laser knows uh, that you survived and that it's hopeless, that uh, he might do something extreme. You make your way to the, the beach, and there are these these human fishermen. Do you want to roll insight to see if they are uh, thralls of the Aboleth? Uh Flat 10. Fran rolls a 22. 19. 19 and 22 is incredible. I think uh, as you were all like all walking up, introducing yourselves, the plasmoids are vouching for you. They're saying like, these people are cool. They just want to check out you know, the dangerous situation. You're all looking at them. Um, and you see one person, Treyan, who has a kind of uh, red tint to their eyes or the... Um, the colored part of their eye, which I always forget which what that's called. I want to say sclera, but that might not be right. The colored part of the eye? Correct. That would be the iris. I've been owned. <laughs> <laughs> the sclera is the white of the eye. Um, yes. Uh, so there's one person who has a red iris, which is strange to you, but, you know, not necessarily the end of the world because people have a lot of different colors and, you know, fantasy land in their eyes. Uh, but you're looking at this person and they stop meeting your gaze and like, uh, like kind of scuttle away. And you're like, oh, this is extremely suspicious. They didn't even bother to listen to me list off all the, all the, the prizes I brought with me. That's a little weird. People seem to normally like hearing about that. Go as like take aside one of the uh, plasmoids and, and ask if they know anything about this like kind of vaguely suspicious red-eyed person in particular, or if it's just like one of the people of of many. Uh, Abomination says, "I don't know all of their names. Humans all kind of look similar to me. Sorry." All right, that, that 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 that's that, that's that's fine. We'll 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 sort something out. They're all kind of just smelly monkeys, am I right? <laughs> Can't believe it was a racist slime person. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're listening to the other campaign, you know basically the plasmoids become radicalized and are essentially like anti-immigrant uh, zealots. <laughs> Ah, so we should have killed them. <laughs> uh, Too I mean, late now. <laughs> every every character has their own opinions and own goals, and they're all trying to do stuff in the world. Although I do think Throg would probably kind of have a little bit of a, a similar old man. Like, look, some of these some of these younger races all look the same to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, D and D. You don't have to play D and D the way uh, Gygax envisioned it, where everyone is extremely violently racist all the time. But I don't think it's weird to have a character who has bad opinions in your game. Yeah, like I- I've always thought that, like, when if a tiefling walks into a random human village and people don't react at all, it's a little bit odd. I I, I will say that when Tran like sees the suspicious one scuttle away, he will. Glance around, seeing if you can see either Gladys or Throg, and kind of like make a gesture before uh, Train will do the very smart thing and just kind of follow the one that's trying to scuttle away. Just like, wait a minute, where are you heading off to? Kind of energy. Uh, 
With your superior monk movement, we don't play on graph paper, so this doesn't often come up, but this is a great time to say that this person cannot get away from you uh, because you are much faster than they are. So if you want to pursue, you can tell me how that happens. Uh, uh, Trey is just sort of like moving casually, but he's just like he walks faster than other people, though. For one, he's a monk, so he moves faster naturally, but also he's like... Well, like me, in that he just walks too fast for most people when he's walking casually, and he just tries to continue his, like, small talk about, like, fighting, dancing, um, his his various bronze medals and stuff like that, and just wondering why the person is just sort of, like, being skittish and walking away. Um, just like, and he's trying to be very casual about it, Um but at the same time, he is just a little bit on edge as more likely than not, he's getting further and further away from everyone else in the process of following this individual. All right. I like this. So uh, Gladys and uh, Throg, you are on the beach with the uh, fishermen who are teaching you, like, here's the oars. Here, here's how this works. Get all your stuff in here. You're getting ready to go. Uh, Trayan follows this human man up the beach to his little shelter. There's like four uh, sticks uh, put into the ground and then it has like a big tarp on it. And then inside is like a bedroll and some basic uh, essentials that he has here. Uh, and you follow him in there telling him about the time you won third place in the high jump competition uh and suddenly he wheels around looks at you uh and he says come on man i'm just i'm just trying to get i'm going home and i'm just trying to get my fish what do you just you come up talking to me it's like back in 79 or this lady to take me to the sock hop and he's just like leave me alone man i'm just trying to gee i just shouldn't have said that i'm sorry it's okay. I'm not offended by sock hops or anything like that. Um, you know, just I just wasn't sure why you were just leaving like that. You just kind of shut down and moved away. Everything okay, man? You all right? You good? Listen, fat. I go where I want to go. I don't need a permission from any anyone else. I'm my own man. Trey like looks out with the, the term fat. It's just like, wait a minute. He just like checks his like lean cut body. It's like like I don't think I'm that fat. Uh. I'm sorry, is this man Joe Biden? <laughs> uh, let's, listen, man, we're just trying to, like, help out if there was, like, any problems happening around here, anything that needs to be, like, you know, fought and taken care of to keep everyone safe. You know, that's that's kind of what our MO is, man. So anything we can help with? Any problems on the beach, an idyllic beach like this, the perfect beach? You would eat, what do you take me for, son? You think I'm some kind of dog-faced pony soldier? I mean, you, you don't look like a dog or a pony. So, were you a soldier before? <laughs> I, I, I swear to Christ, if this if this abolith is named Corn Pop, I'm gonna lose my shit. <laughs> why, why are you pulling from from this specifically? <laughs> Listen, you've listened to enough seasons of the show to know I always have some stupid thing that's going to come up and you'd be like, oh, God, that's why I was like that the whole time. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just having Trey just be like unable of parsing these weird idioms being thrown at him. It is uh, it's addling his ability to uh, think rationally about getting out of there and getting the safety. So he just sort of continues to try to reason with this senile red eyed individual. 
Sure. Uh, and he, he starts mumbling incoherently about a bike chain and a swimming pool. And you just, you don't have any idea what he's up to, but he doesn't like attack you or anything. He just keeps talking. So that's, that's how this conversation is going to go. The only thing the train could do otherwise is just take a look around and see if there's anything weird about the, um, just about the look of the room before he tries to head back to the rest of the party. All right, that's going to be uh, a perception just to look or an investigation to get deeper in there. Uh, the DC will be uh, lower for an investigation because it's a deeper look, but the uh, consequences will be worse for a failure because you will be going through someone's stuff. So, Right. Uh, I am Trayon is not good at that, so he's just going to try to give a look around. Uh, that would be a botch anyways <gasps> on the perception. Let's oh, go. God, no. He looked bad. All right. Yeah. Uh, you, tr- you try to look at this person's stuff, and he kind of steps in front of you and says, hold your horses there. You know, you're just going to come into a man's uh, area, and you're just going to look. You just, what, what do, you, do you think you just own the place? You're the big boss, huh? You just, do you think you're the, the macho man? You're the greaser? You're, you're the king of the road? Huh? Get out of here, man. Uh, and you uh, – actually, I'm not going to reveal the botch consequence explicitly yet. Uh, I will say, when it happens, you will know that this is why it happened. But for the moment, mm-hmm. it is unrevealed. All right. Uh, Tran is just sort of like, strikes like, man, I'm just trying to get some information around here. Sorry. In any case, you have um, a good uh, uh, pony facing or whatever it is you're planning on doing here. I'll just see myself out. And he just sort of turns to leave and go back to the others. All right. You all see Tran walking up the beach to the boat. Uh, the plasmoids tell you that they would love to come with, but they are made of slime and falling into the ocean is much uh, more dangerous for them than it is for you. So they wish you luck. Um, is there anything else you uh, would like to ask them or anything before they see you off? Let's see. Uh, out of character, we're heading on the ocean. Are we heading toward a different land or are we like heading into the ocean to try to find something there? I forget if that was mentioned already. I mean, it is up to you. You can tell me how you want to proceed. All you know is that slime washed up on this beach and that Aboleth are one of the only you know, sapient creatures which are a threat to dragons. And so you would need to get as much information as possible to bring back to your leaders because that's what they would want to know. If if Trayon Train comes back and tells us that, hey, this guy was acting real weird... Um, I, I think Throg would probably want to like try to scope him out overnight first and see if like th- this guy will have to eventually communicate with his, his masters in some way. Uh, so he'd want to confirm that before doing anything. Hmm. I, I, I guess if we stay for a night, I can, we, we, we can like make sure we know how to use like the boat as best as we can. I've never been on a boat before. I mean, I can't, uh, uh, like, uh, Tran just sort of shrugs. It's like, I mean, you're usually the one with the ideas, uh, Throg. So, I mean, if you have a good idea, I'll go along with what you have. So, what, what, what Throg is basically suggesting is a, um, a buddy cop stakeout. Yeah, if you would like to, we can do that. Uh, why don't you all paint me the picture of this? Uh, the humans say, like, they don't have much extra food for you. Uh, so, like, maybe they can get you a small fish or something, but you're going to have to rely on your own uh, trail rations. In fact, maybe survival 
uh, rolls to fish with these little makeshift uh, fishing poles. We can have a, a fishing montage here, and you can all pay me this picture. Uh, so uh, Throg does, in fact, have a background ability. Uh, let me find it here. Because uh, I took Grull Anarch. It doesn't translate one-to-one since, you know, Ravnica. Um, I, I am able to find food for up to five people each day. Uh, and I, Throg does have a swim speed, so I think he's just in the water catching fish with his teeth. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. We've discussed before gold dragons and dragonborn have uh, barbels, basically the catfish whiskers. So you're you're basically uh, amphibious, and so you can just dart through the water grabbing huge mackerel with your mouth and bringing them back, and everyone's like, yay, woo! Like, it's a big party time. The humans love it. And it's, it's exactly like that scene in How to Train Your Dragon where I regurgitate fish for people. <laughs> sure. Uh, if, you have that, if you're going to use that background feature instead of survival roles, uh, everyone can just uh, tell me how you, you party. Par- party, like, I guess we can, like, cook, cook the fish, have a real good fish dinner instead of just a shitty fish dinner that we could have had otherwise. <laughs> I would say that we set up a little bonfire so we can do some like roasted fish over spit and also so Tran can do like some jumps over the fire, you know, safely and not at all recklessly to entertain people. Sure. Uh, the humans love that. I think uh, one of them asks you, uh, uh, Gladys, because you're not jumping over the fire. Uh, what do you think about Arabella so far? It's awesome, right? This beautiful beach, clear water, delicious fish. Like, this rocks, huh? This, this is one of the better parts of Arabella I've been to. There have been some, like, really beautiful places. I just came from one that was, like, nauseating. Just, just, just bad. But, like, the... the I, I would not mind living on like a nice, like, beach with fish, and it looks beautiful here. You seem to be doing well for yourselves. The human says, "This is paradise. I don't know how it could be any better. This is such a gift that the gods have given us. I, I, I am so thankful. I wish I could, you know, give them all my thanks, but they, they're gone. Isn't that sad? They've done so much for us." I. I who, 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 whoever made this place, I, I do think they seem to have something good put together here. Oh, I, I, if I guess at least if you knew who made this beach, I guess you could thank them by remembering them using their name. I, th- I think Throg would be uh, reciting old, like, draconic stories and, and history and things of that. Like how he did with, uh, he tried to uh, get the, the giant to back down with that story about the kobold. Stuff like that. Uh, like folk tales and dra- dragon myths. Ah, yes. The, the humans are enraptured by this. Um, you could even do a performance if you'd like. Uh, well, that's going to go bad, but sure. Okay. I don't think there's going to be any dire consequences. They're not going to be like, he sucks at telling stories. Get him. I got a five. <laughs> he sucks at telling stories. They're Get like, him. he sucks at telling stories. Get him. Get him. <laughs> I, I think it's probably because a fair amount of like his stories end with, and then, he, and then the person was immolated in dragon fire. Yeah. <laughs> there's only so many times you can hear that. It gets Spe- old. Speaking of, of, of fire i was thinking I, I don't think i have anything mechanically that can do this but i was thinking like you know gladys is like an alchemist she has magic maybe she could like enhance trains like fun little fire jumping thing by just like kind of 
casually tossing things in the fire that make them burn different colors, like like how copper can burn green. Like there's different fire colors you can get. Yeah, that's sick. I love that. That's exactly the kind of beach party detail I was craving, is the technicolor fire. Gort is stealing fish this entire time when people are busy looking at things. Good for Gort. <laughs> I'm going to give Gort a good pet on the head when I can. I would say the train also is spending a good amount of time with his eyes closed to re- kind of reflect back on his earlier days training um, on beaches and other areas with like the Bozogs and such and just sort of like focusing on that to get some sense of rhythm while he basically does a very lavish kata around the fire with his uh, theatrics and hopefully not burning himself to hell. You know, that's... <laughs> yeah, if you would like to roll uh, to do uh, something here, athletics, I assume, if you're putting on a, a jump show. I was thinking acrobatics because that feels a little more dancey and you got a dancey guy. That's a 19 there for Acrobatics. That's very good. Uh, is there anything in particular you would like out of this? I could see someone being so impressed they give you a healing potion or something like that, or it could just be uh, an in-character kind of fun time. But uh, yeah, you, you kill it. These people are, they don't love frog stories, but they love the fish and the colorful fire and the spinning top dragonborn. <laughs> um, I mean... For Treyen, he will he will not ask for anything of these people. Like for him, being able to have some food, a a some company, and an opportunity to sort of make them happy with his his motions. This is probably the first time this entire time in Arabella where he's been able to kind of do something that is closely aligned to what he likes to do most. And so for that, I think he's just fundamentally happy to be able to do that and to bring a bit of a cheer to others um, on his own terms. All right. So uh, before we started this party scene, uh, there was mention of a stakeout. Uh, tell me how that is accomplished, fellas. How, how are we doing? Uh, I, I, I think it would probably be kind of like, um, uh, like a classic D&D watch shift where one person is up watching for to see if this person leaves their... Uh, I guess it's not really a hut. You said it was just like a tarp over four pieces of wood. Uh, maybe we're like behind us, uh, like lying down on a sand dune, essentially, or and and just waiting to to see if they do anything. All right, uh, that sounds like survival to me to scout. So whoever's involved in the stakeout, yeah, I, I I'll get involved in the stakeout, and I'm I'm gonna ask Throg in character: Are are we going to just watch this guy? Are we going to like confront him at all if we if we see any any anything suspicious like like is the game plan to get him or just to see if he does anything depends on what happens he is aware that we're here he may tell his masters and they may make a move now i have no way to know what will happen Mm, uncertainty Tran rolls a 17 on his survival. I got a 13. 18. All great rolls. Tran, can you give me a constitution saving throw? Excellent. Yes, I sure can. That would be a four. Ooh. Oh, God, that's so good. Oh, no. Okay. So this is the botch 
consequence earlier I said would be coming up. So you take uh, shifts, uh, like sitting behind a sand dune and peeking over it as the party winds down, keeping an eye on the red-eyed man's uh, little hovel. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, keeping to himself. He's eating fish. He's uh, taking a nap. Nothing that interesting. Uh, but then on, I think, uh, with the highest score, Gladys, your shift, uh, he gets up and begins walking into the ocean uh, and just kind of stands uh, pretty far out, like it, the water goes up to his chest, and he's just standing there. Uh, and it's very strange. Uh, when you go to tell Throg and Trayan to all come out here, uh, you all kind of gather at the water's edge and you see the man standing there staring off into the sea. What do you do? I don't like the look of that. Hey, weird old guy. <laughs> just just Trey literally just start yelling at him. Yep. Uh, Trey and you yell, hey, weird old guy. He turns around and looks at you. And even though he's pretty far out into the surf, you can see he has piercing red eyes. Uh, and you are going to take 1d12 damage, uh, 4 damage as your skin starts burning which is very painful. And, uh, you know, Gladys and Throg see you, like, flinch um, and start, like, grabbing at your arms and, uh, you know, exposed scales. Uh, and you were in terrible pain. What the... F this wouldn't have helped anything, but as soon as Trayan said that, I think Gladys would be going, like, shush, 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 shush. One, one question. Um, did the uh, town know that there was an Aboleth problem? Uh, yeah, I think they they saw the the goo and were like, "Hey, uh, plasmoids, there's some goo here. What's this about? You're made of goo. Tell us your goo secrets." Okay, um, Throg is going to take. Uh, how how far away is this guy uh, from us? He's standing like as far as you can walk out into an ocean uh, while still being standing on the bottom for like a six foot man. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, Throg's gonna start. I don't know if that's in spear throwing range, but if it's not, he'll take out his longbow and start firing as he's running towards this uh, this man. All right, make an attack. All right, this will be minus one because the spear is only plus one. Uh, Sixteen. That hits. That's six damage, and I have two attacks, so I will attack again. Uh, Twenty-two. Oh, Lord. Actually, that'd be 21, because minus one. Uh, and then another nine damage. So that'd be 20, uh, 29 damage. Uh, lethal or non-lethal? Non-lethal. He says, trying to imagine shooting someone with a bow. Uh, <laughs> Non-lethally on purpose. I guess you're a really good shot. I, I'm just thinking that one scene in Troll 2 where the guy just gets shot with an arrow, passes out, and then shows up somewhere else. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I uh, he he take, takes out his bow and just starts uh, loosing arrows downrange, and uh, maybe he like just like he gets him probably in both <laughs> both of his uh, both of his clavicles, just each side, <laughs> just thuds right into him. Oh, sick. Okay, so this guy, uh, f you know, f falls into the surf and is kind of washed to uh, the shore towards you eventually. His body is just buffeted by the incoming waves. Uh, Trayan, you take six more damage. The burning has spread over, like, your neck and, sh you know, shoulders, and it's, like, down your torso, and it's getting worse. Can I, can, can, can I do, like, a medicine to see if there's, like, if, if this is something that can be stopped, if it's, it's like... Like now that the 
guy with the red eyes has been downed by arrows. Yeah, absolutely. Royal medicine. Nine and not very good. No, that's not very good. I think you you see uh, Trey and like grabbing at himself in pain, and you're like, "What the heck? Let me look." And uh, it's too dark here on the the beach at night, and you can't really see what's going on. But uh, it doesn't seem like it's stopping. Yeah, like you know, trains to sort of like almost doing that sort of sensation, of like brushing his arms over his hands over his arms, and kind of almost dropping onto either the sand or the water to see if either the sand or the water helps subdue the pain as he's just sort of cursing under his breath a bit um, in his own attempt at uh, uh, pain-addled medicine <laughs> to do something. You drop onto the sand uh, and stop, drop, and roll, and it's the burning continues, no effect. You run into the ocean where the man is washing up and throw yourself into the water, and you feel immediately a cool, soothing sensation spread across your scales. You are no longer taking damage, uh, but as you lay in the shallow surf, uh, a man with two arrows in his clavicles <laughs> washes up next to you, uh, and you know the, there's blood in the water now as you are face-to-face with this this human man uh and he kind of is mumbling under his breath and says this takes me back uh, back in aught six there was a guy just like this and he had an arrow in both his knees and he's telling me he used to be an adventurer uh, <laughs> you, you still don't lo- don't look like a, a horse face or whatever it is man oh, and train just sort of train gets him drags himself up a bit and once he's standing up out of the water, does he feel the pain still, or is he like done with the pain at the moment? If you get out of the water, you take ten damage Ooh. as the burning comes back twice as bad, uh, and you feel like you have been uh, just dunked in acid, like the fucking Joker. Uh, Throg is going to hog tie this this ban. Uh, all right, so Throg rushes forward and starts tying up the man who has arrows in his shoulder. I know you said non-lethally, but presumably this person is going to die eventually if nothing is done about that. I was saying, like, as you're doing that, you're seeing trains like just curse in pain and throw himself into the water, making a big splash next to you as he's sort of dunking himself under. Yeah. So uh, the pain once again subsides. You feel a cool aloe vera like. Uh, sensation on your on your poor burning scales and everything is better uh and it's just it's good for you trayan uh gladys what do you do seeing throg tie up the man and uh trayan repeatedly dunk himself in the ocean i think gladys is going to like i i think she believes that throg probably has the the guy like being hogtied situation handled for the moment considering how swiftly he just knocked him out so she's going to be uh rushing over to trey and asking like are, what 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 is happening are you are you all right why are you just in the water like it is is there something wrong can i help man this water feels good right now I, 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 I saw you were like hurt does it does it not hurt anymore in the water or can can, can you do, do you need, do you need uh, something to help with it? I could, I could probably uh, h- help heal wounds if you've got if you've got wounds. And, and she could cast healing word. 
I don't know, Gladys. I don't know what's going on with me, but the only thing that makes me feel better is just being in the water like this right now. Um, could I non-lethally knock this man out? Um, <laughs> that's a great question. I think you risk killing him. I think we you can try. Okay, then he he won't do that for the moment. Throg's next step would be to try to stabilize him uh, from the arrows before uh, beginning his interrogation. Because he's useless to us dead. Medicine. All right, this is a two. Let's see what this does. 22. That's a natural 20. Ooh. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's a crit. Perfect. Um, I think... You pull the arrows out. You can apply uh, some of Gladys's potions or, you know, any bandages you have to keep him from dying. But then something uh, interesting happens, which is uh, you see the red go out of his eyes and back to, to brown. Uh, and he seems uh, basically uh, incoherently confused. He's just like, what's, uh, ow, what's going on? Who are you? Where am I? Uh, with a crit, I'm going to tell you, uh, this definitely is an Aboleth situation. This person was enslaved psionically. This is a thing Aboleth can do, as mm -hmm. previously discussed, part of what makes them so dangerous. Uh, but with a crit, I'm going to give you further, which is that uh, you taking this guy back to his uh, his hovel and looking through his stuff, you find a small jar of the slime, which uh, you believe he uh, put he uh, splashed a little bit onto Treyan when uh, Treyan botched looking through his stuff. And what is happening to Treyan is that he has become uh, infected by the slime's disease, which forces you to be in the water uh, for uh, a long time. Uh, I'm trying to think exactly what you would know with this. I think you just know that contact with the, the mucus of an Aboleth takes away your ability to be on land uh, for a while. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you have to become uh, aquatic. <laughs> That is a part of their thing as well. Um, okay. Uh, Throg will sort of scrutinize this man quite close to his face, probably uncomfortably close for this person coming out of a haze, uh, before finally asking, what is the last thing you remember? Oh, um, I was fishing. I was in a, uh, a boat, and I found there's this uh, structure in the water, some kind of, like, gray temple. And I, I was trying to see if there was a door in it. And then there was some kind of slimy feeling and a burning. And that's the last thing I remember. Um, I think Throg's next question would be, do you know what, like, the year or day that was? He does not. He does not know what day it is currently. So he doesn't even know how to begin that math. I will say he is an experienced fisherman and so is able to tell you where in the sea uh, he found that structure. So mm -hmm. uh, you actually have gained important information. <laughs> if if you hadn't staked, out, staked him out, you would have just been like boating around the sea <laughs> hoping to run into a giant monster fish. So mm -hmm. <laughs> you did pretty well here. Yeah. Uh, Throg, Throg will basically explain the situation to him. You were enslaved by an abolith. You have infected my friend here with its slime, causing him great suffering. Um, you're lucky that I did not just kill you outright, even though I do know it is not your fault what has occurred here. You were psionically enslaved. You were trying to kill him. Well, I'm real sorry about that. Uh, are, 
what are you going to do? Aboleth are they're huge and they can control your mind and they slime you up. We don't we're I'm just a simple fisherman. I would recommend not venturing into any more unknown temples for the time being. Crane is just sort of sitting up in the water and kind of splashing it like he's sitting in a kiddie pool or something for the time being. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's doing because otherwise he's because he ha- he's not privy to this conversation at the moment. That's over in the hut. So I I think what well, we we have to try to get train back up to hell i don't know how long this disease would take to run its course but at the same time we're on like a clock now because the abolith knows what is going on i think for the time being we gotta like dig a channel into the the <laughs> beach just so train's not immediately in the water no like train's got can... to be in the water for a, a, a period of time he can't leave it I, I mean, um, like, literally digging, like, a river into a hole so he can stay liquid but not be, like, in a shoreline where a big tentacle might just grab him. Oh, oh, I see, I see. <laughs> I, I, will, I will ask uh, Trayan again, do, do, do you need me to heal you at all? I, I can do some of that. If you want, but I don't want to tax anything that you have, Gladys. Other people might need it, you know? I mean... Other people might need it, but also you need it. I can handle it, Gladys, but I appreciate the offer. All right, all right. As as long as you insist, I'm going to see if Throg got any information from that guy. And she will, like, meet with Throg, see, see what he learned. Yep, we don't need to belabor all this. Everyone gets all the information. We dig a hole for Trayan and fill it with water. So uh, that that's good for now. But uh, what are we going to do? Because uh, there's an Aboleth out there. Yeah, the, the only option we have is set out to go into this, um, uh, to go to this temple. Uh, do Would we be able to, I don't know, do a check to find out how long it takes this disease to run its course? I don't know if it's how, how long that would take. But I don't want to give the Abolith too long to like prepare for us. I mean, it, basically, I assume that by the time it's morning, Tran will be okay enough to move around then. Yeah, even with four hours, I would assume that. So that's the question. Do you head out at night to give the Abolith no time to prepare? Or do you wait until morning uh, when Tran will, will be better? Um... Could we partially, like, I don't know, what kind of boat are we getting into here? A pretty small wooden boat. It's just like a very simple canoe, almost. Okay. Would we be able to just kind of, if Throg is operating the boat, could Gladys just be constantly ladling water onto (laughs) Trayan? Or or Trayan's real fast. Maybe he sort of incredibles this and holds onto the back of the boat and just kicks. (laughs) Whatever you want. If like it, if Train's on board for that, that would leave him in the water as we're going. I'm not sure how much risk that is going to put me into, but I do like the idea of Tran like helping push the boat by by kicking, by holding it from the back and swimming with it. Kick those fast monk feet. Well, he's turning into a fish, so it should it should help. <laughs> Yep, so is that what we're doing? Like, as long as Trayan's okay with it, like, Gladys is, is like, if we, if we move now, that's probably going to be advantageous in the long run. 
yeah, uh, I think that's that's what we should do. All right, so uh, you all climb into the boat and take off in the middle of the night uh, out onto the crystal clear blue water of the sea. Uh, you know where you're going. Uh, the only question is how fast do you get there? Uh, so everybody, uh, athletics ch- checks to do crew, to, <laughs> to do rowing, essentially, and to kick your little feet. What, what I would recommend before we leave, though, is Throg is going to tell uh, Joe Biden to tell his town what is occurring and the fact that we're leaving immediately to try to deal with this. All right. So you leave behind the information that you're going to slay the Avalith, question mark? I guess that's what we're going to attempt to do at the very least. Can't imagine. Just go go look at Avalith. Come back. Got to do something about it. Yeah, like uh, basically, Throg wants them him to tell this town this is where this temple is. Be aware of it. Don't go near it. And if we never come back, someone else will eventually have to deal with this. I got a four for athletics. All right, so we only got one above 15, but we got two above 10. So that's average. You make a decent time uh, across the water. It is uh, still dark out when you can see the temple in the distance. It is a like concrete structure sticking out of the water. You assume it goes down deep into uh, the seabed, but what's sticking out is more like a big platform. There aren't a lot of like features visible above the water. Uh, do you want to do or say anything as you approach? It is still like pretty far away as as uh, we enter this scene. Gladys is going to uh, like <laughs> like she she she's been thinking as we're like getting to this place, and it's just like so we find this place. And then, do we want to try finding a way in, like the fishermen did? Do we want to try finding if there's traces of the abolith that lead a- around inside? Like, like what should we be keeping our eyes open for? Uh, possibly other areas of water that I can stay in, but other than that... um. <sighs> I'm not sure whether the abolith is going to be in there, around there, under there, sitting on top, just kind of having a laugh at us here, you know. The the abolith would have a way in through the water into this inner sanctum. I can swim. I don't think, I think Treon would be able to survive the swim. I do not know about you, Gladys. I, I, I like, I've never been on a boat. I've never really been in the ocean, so swimming's probably not my strong suit. I know how to do a doggy paddle, but that's about it. I think our only option is to try to go in through the front door. Yeah, Gladys will nod a little vigorously at that, like, yeah, yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Uh, Well, if you want to give a little healing my way, Gladys, I think this would be an okay time for that. I just didn't want to tacked something out if there was a threat to the other fishers fishermen back there all right i i can i i, I can do that she, she'll uh cast healing word which will heal for let's see 1d4 plus 5 7 uh hit points or no 12 hit points because of the alchemal savant healing thing yeah uh, that does a good a bit of healing for Trayan. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. I think that this manifests as like um, 
I, I imagine Healing Word as just being like the little Pokemon like healing spray bottle things that you get just like spritzing it on him. <laughs> so with that, can I get investigation rolls to approach the reliquary in the sea? Oh, let's go investigation, baby. 14. Six. 26. Wow, 26 is so incredible, but it's not a crit, which means the party only got average. 14 and 26 is the high rolls. We did not get two above 15. Uh, so a statistical anomaly there, which is that as you approach, you see that there is a smooth kind of concrete platform sticking out of the water, which is the top of the temple, and there does not appear to be any entrance. Uh, but you do see below the waterline, because the water is so clear, uh, there appears to be some kind of opening underwater. And so uh, if you want to get inside, you will have to swim, uh, is what with this roll all you get. Uh, but that, of course, is going to be dangerous, especially for Gladys, who is not amphibious at this point. So uh, that's a decision to make. You have just enough information to know that uh, if you want to get inside, you'll have to go underwater. That's what you know right now. You know the fucked part? Uh, if Throg wasn't an idiot, he would have had a 15 here. <laughs> um, question. The Abolith slime, does it just convey water breathing? Or no, does it, does it convey water breathing at all? So there's some ambiguity. It says the diseased creature can breathe only underwater, which definitely means you can't breathe above water, but it doesn't necessarily say grants water breathing. Uh, that's just a weird way about it being phrased. I, I think we can say, uh, yes, it allows you to breathe underwater because that gives you uh, a payoff for deciding to go immediately at night instead of wait until it wore off. So kind of a double-edged sword. Do we have this jar of slime still? Because I would suggest potentially intentionally infecting Gladys so she won't <laughs> drown. Oh, fuck, that's really clever. Uh, yeah. If it gets us... Closer to what we need to do, I'm willing to give it a shot. All right, Throg will handle the slime. This, this, so we're, we're just getting Joe Biden slime on us. This is terrible. <laughs> Thank you for that horrible sentence, Sketch. All right, this is incredible. So you slime uh, Gladys, uh, and as soon as you start feeling burning, uh, you can jump in the water, and now it feels cool and, and, and perfect on your skin, and now you can all dive underwater. Uh, basically, Throg, you're holding your breath, right? Yeah, um, Throg will keep the slime with him for the time being, if there's any left, it is, if he has to, like, emergency use it, essentially. All right. Uh, and so you all dive underwater and start swimming towards the reliquary. And you can see ahead of you, because the water is so clear, that there is some kind of door mechanism. Um, it's uh, unclear uh, to you right now uh, what the writing on it says until you get closer. Uh, you can all read me your languages, but I will say it's very obvious what the carving of the item on the door is. It is a giant anchor. Ooh, anchor. Um, the languages Trayan uh, knows are Celestial, Common, and Draconic. Uh, the only other languages I know besides what Trayan listed is Giant, Primordial, and Sylvan. And then the only unique language I know is Abyssal. Throg, do you have it written down what dialect of Primordial you speak? Uh, it didn't list one. It just says Primordial. 
That's fine. Uh, Primordial is a language group of related dialects, uh, Terran, Ignan, Aquin, and Orin, which are kind of the fire, water, air, earth. Uh, so this is written in uh, Aquin, the water language. Uh, so presumably it's close enough to what you speak that you can get the gist of it. Yeah, he probably speaks Ignan just because fire Sure. So, yeah, it is like a British uh, English to American English where you're like, I don't know what a lift is or a biscuit is in this context, but the rest of it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Which is mentioned in the on the door, I assume. <laughs> yes. Uh, what the door says is that the beauty of the waves is eternal. The beauty of words is temporary, but you can see the beauty of the ocean with a gift of beautiful words. Hmm. A puzzle. Uh-huh. Too bad two of us are dumb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you could probably, uh, you know, surface and tell the rest of them that what it says. Um, and it, I don't want, really want to uh, belabor this. I think what, what is happening is you need to speak a beautiful poem to the door. Yeah, that was just about what I was about to say. Like, oh, it wants poetry. Whoever this god is must have been very enraptured with like the the beauty of the ocean and 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 how to express it i i i'm assuming it probably wants it in aquan so i guess throughout or her or primordial or whatever um Throg will tell them phonetically how to pronounce whatever they try to say <laughs> oh this is so funny i wonder what yeah now this is the person who has the language can't oh fuck maybe i'll have to slime up I, I have an idea. Um, so Throg has established that he tells a lot of um, like draconic stories. Uh, I believe it is actually, uh, what is it? Bronze, it, it's either bronze or copper dragons that are aquatic um, and like coastal. Would he recall any any poetry or oral stories by, by like a bronze or uh, copper dragon? Uh, history check. All right, let's see here. Minus one. Here we go. Ooh, that's a solid zero. <laughs> that's a that's, that's a botch. <laughs> oh no, you botch. Oh fuck. Oh, um, I mean, the only thing I can think of is you swim up to the door, uh, you start uh, trying to tell this story, and you speaking underwater draws the attention of the abolith, and you feel a slimy tentacle wrap around your ankle and yank you down. Oh, um, Jesus. If you're not familiar with Abolith, they are school bus sized fish, slimy fish, but their body kind of uh, towards the back, instead of having fish fins, uh, it kind of has a bunch of tentacles that uh, trail off of the, its body. Uh, on the front of its face, it has three eyes aligned vertically, one on top of the other, like a traffic light. Um, but other than that, the most. Uh, terrifying feature is probably the mouth which like a lamprey is lined with teeth in an almost like circular uh, uh, garbage disposal in the sink way Uh, and that's what you see when you look down three red eyes aligned one over the other over the other and then just this mouth Uh, and you are going to take some damage throg now I I must ask I guess um, does the fact that it's physically contacting me just immediately infect me with its mucus uh, let's see. A creature that touches the abolith or that hits it with a melee attack within five feet must make a DC constitution saving throw. 
Yes, but I mean, you you already slimed up, right? Uh, I hadn't yet, but this would probably just be doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you take 15 damage, uh, and now your ankle is slimy. So now all three of you are diseased by the Aboleth. Uh, Gladys and Trayan, you see uh, Throg gets sucked down, and all three of you uh, feel a pressure in your head uh, as a voice speaks to you and says, Hey man, what are you what are you doing here? This this is this is my place. You have uh, your own places. This is come on. You 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 ever you ever you go to someone's house and you just put your feet on their couch? You just but come on. What are you doing? Oh my fucking god! This is the existential threat to dragons and how they're gonna talk. <laughs> Holy shit! I love it, Austin. Okay. Um. <laughs> I'm still gonna kill him. Uh huh. Uh. Uh, if Trayan starts talking, does it appear that the voice in his head actually can receive the information? Sure, I think if you're talking, you're also thinking, and this creature communicates psionically, so you're double projecting your, your intention. It's like, we, we were just trying to, we were told that you were, that there was like a threat around here, we're just trying to take care of it, you know? I mean, Nothing personal. Look, man, I'm the threat. I'm the I'm the big cheese. I'm the Kahuna. I go all the way back. I remember everything my 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 dad remembers and everything he remembers. We had the the good old days, you know. And we're we're trying to tell people about it. This is something. It's important. You gotta keep the 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 stories alive, and you gotta share them all the way down, you know. And it's uh, it's not it's not up to you. You don't remember anything. Listen, man, it's, it's not really cool to point out the fact that I'm not that smart, but, you know, you know whatever floats your, your body, I guess. I like that this is the second uh, episode in a row where a party member is having a conversation while Throg is fighting for his life in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, roll initiative, because Throg is currently being uh, throbbed. <laughs> He's been throbbed. Twelve. Yeah, 22. 11. Gladys, you see Throg getting pulled down into the depths. What do you do? All right. Uh, Gladys is probably, like, swimming down as, as best. Like, like she, she's got an advantage now. She's swimming down there. She's going to think at the Aboleth. I, I, want you, I need you to let go of my friend right now, or I will not be holding back. And she wants to be as... In- I know that this is like a tiny mouse trying to intimidate a cat, but like that's what she's trying to do like before she like just has to try to unleash like like free Throg with force. All right, you roll intimidation with advantage because of your scary helmet. All right, that's a 19. All right, 19 is very good. I think that this would normally have an effect to get the Aboleth to back off. I'm actually going to burn one of my three legendary resistances to shake that off. That is a, a resource you can, uh, you know, deplete, and then I will not be able to do that anymore. So the Aboleth only has two left uh, as you swim down, and the effect of your helmet causes the Aboleth to pause, and it says, Jesus, crow, what... 
That's that's quite a helmet. You know, I knew a guy back in the day who had something like that. It was more of a, a crown. It was like a paper crown he got on his birthday. He got this hamburger joint. Man, you remember hamburgers? It was great. Yes, uh, my wife says I'm not allowed to eat them anymore. I guess it's not my wife. It's my grandpa's wife. We have the same memories. It's a whole thing. It's a little confusing. He he's the ultimate boomer. It is every boomer in his species to ever live. Yeah, imagine what that would do to someone's mind. <laughs> Gosh. Just, just man, I don't give a shit about hamburgers. <laughs> All right. Oh, you've offended the boomer. It's going to kill you now. Yeah, we're rolling initiative, and Gladys, you're up first, so you do what you want to do. Okay, so as a if if I can get close enough to this Avalith, as like like the description of draconic cry says, I needs to be within ten feet of it. I can use a bonus action. To let out a cry at my enemies, and then until the start of my next turn, me and my allies have advantage on attack rolls that can hear me. Oh, sick. So I'm gonna use that, and I think, yeah, like, I don't give a shit about hamburgers is what that's gonna be. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And everyone feels invigorated by that declaration. And Uh, then... Classic draconic war cry. (laughs) (laughs) And then for my action, Ray of Sickness. So let's see. I'm going to roll to hit. You're going to roll to make it get down with the sickness. Damage is uh, 16. All right. And I rolled an 11 to resist the sickness, which is not going to do it. But I'm going to burn my second legendary resistance uh, as the ray, uh, you know, streaks across the Avalith's skin and the colors start kind of turning uh, from the necrotic flesh. But then the mucus layer uh, washes it away. God damn it. <laughs> that, 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 I think, yeah, that's all of her turn. All right. At the end of your turn, uh, legendary action uh, as the Aboleth swings one of its mighty tentacles at you, which uh, it has instead of fins. Uh, and that's going to be a crit. That's a crit. Uh oh. Uh oh. That is, it's not good. She insulted it. She's getting, she's gonna get hurt. Listen, man, you can talk shit about me, but hamburgers? No way. Not in my house. Ooh. 20 damage. Fuck. <laughs> Nice little dose of damage there, all right. Yeah, it's going to pass if I try to do that. All right. Um, yeah, Throggle start off. Uh, bonus action. So Gort attacks after him. He will start swinging at it with the magical pickaxe. Uh, first attack. All right. Uh, 18. That hits. Okay, 11 damage. Uh, so that is, let me add this all up here, uh, 11, f- uh, 15, 26 damage. Holy shit. So I assume you put the pickaxe through the tentacle that's holding you, uh, freeing yourself and filling the water with blood. Mm-hmm. And then Gort immediately goes after me. Uh, Gort can swim and hold breath as well. Uh, he actually, oh, you know what? I would have had to have slime Gort. <laughs> would you do that to the, your pup? Uh, yeah, to keep him alive right now, he would have. 
All right, at the end of your turn, Tentacle Legendary Attack. 15 is not going to hit. Your Ladybug Shield easily parries that. And now we're at the Aboleth's turn. Uh, the Aboleth is going to uh, look at you, Throg, as you just pierced its tentacle. Uh, it's very angry. Its three eyes light up red, and I need you to make a Wisdom saving throw. Okay, I'm kind of okay at these. Mm-hmm. 13, probably not enough. Nope. Listen, fella, people like you, you, you always come up and talking to me and trying to tell me things. You don't know about the things I know, man. I know all the things. You, when you were born, I was already old. It's the whole thing, man. That's just how it is. Uh, and this uh, <laughs> rambling uh, declaration continues on, uh, becoming white noise in your mind, and then your mind ceases to be your own because you have been enslaved. Uh, Throg's eyes turn red. And the rest of you uh, are now in danger from Throg, who is going to be attacking you as well. Train does not really have good words to try to persuade anything, so he's just sort of saying stuff as he's getting up close before trying to do his best to do a um, a, di- a, a swan dive kick, I guess would be a way to describe what he's effectively doing <laughs> against the Haboleth itself. So, kicking at one of the tentacles underwater, and that is a 12, which will miss. Correct. Um, uh, Flailing train frustratingly uh, kicks at him again at 18 for the second one. That hits. Um, That will do nine. I don't know. Lightning damage seems like a bad idea, but it also seems like the... uh, not the worst idea uh, to do underwater, but I'm going to instead do um, uh, poison damage to kind of follow with what Gladys said. He's also going to burn a key point to attempt to do stunning strike on the uh, Abolith. All right. Uh, 18. It saves on that. Tran is going to burn a key point to do flurry of blows. Uh, 24 is the next attack. That hits. That's another nine damage. That's 18 damage so far, burning another key point for Stunning Strike. Oh, shit. All right. Uh, 13. That one will fail unless, well. I use my final legendary resistance to not be stun locked. All right. Uh, one last attack. 18. That hits. Uh, 10 and one more key point spent for Stunning Strike. He's burning almost all his key points to stun this Aboleth. 13 again. And with, so basically Tran is, you know, swimming down and doing like a frustrated flurry of kicks down at the Aboleth. The first misses and then the subsequent three attacks all are made with the attempt to sort of stun the Aboleth and keep it from doing much more to uh, harm Gladys and uh uh, Throg, with the last hit being the one that breaks through his defenses and actually gets it to be stunned with little stars floating around it there. Though it did come at the expense of burning through most of Trayan's key in one round. Probably the... Yeah, the best course of action is probably just to do Ray of Sickness again, which I think is just, like, popping, like, another bottle open and, and, and just... Like... Just re- really putting some muscle into this one. Just like, get down with the fucking sickness, goddammit. That misses. Fuck. 
uh, the water currents just sweep away uh, the contents of your vial before it gets to the creature. Uh, and we are at Throg. Throg, use your turn to attack Gladys as if it was the Aboleth. Just go full hog like you were trying to defeat the boss. Um, will, uh, will Gort be following my instructions at this point? Yep. Gort, trust okay. you. Uh, then oh, Throg goodbye, is going to, yeah, bonus action, uh, Gort will fight after me. Um, sorry, you didn't build up enough of a friendship with Gort, Gladys. Uh, <laughs> attack one. 28. Yeah, that, like, definitely <laughs> That's a 12. That one doesn't hit. No, that's, that's the damage. No, that's 12 damage. Oh, okay. Uh, that would be then infused strikes. That's 14. Uh, then Throg attacks again. That's a 12, so hopefully that one misses. Yeah, that one does miss, so that's one miss, one hit. Okay, uh, so Throg does 14 damage, and then uh, Gort would be attacking afterwards. So that would be, where is it? Is that to hit or damage? To hit. That does not hit. Okay, so thankfully I did not obliterate Gladys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so that's 14 damage total. All right, so the Aboleth is going to skip its turn and we're back to Treyan as uh, just psych, you know, psychopathically, not psychopathically, uh, telepathically, uh, the creature is just egging uh, Throg on. She's like, come on, man, you can hit harder than that. Put your whole back into it. Swing it, man. Come on. Hey, you, 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 keep, your, you keep your mind tentacles out of my friends, okay? You, I don't care how many memories you have. I'm going to make sure you stop having some memories for a while. And then he just sort of goes in with his uh, uh, flurry of attacks. Um, first attack with advantage is an 11, which misses. Second attack is a 25, uh, which does seven damage. He will burn a key point to do flurry of blows. Um, that will be a 26, doing another seven poison damage. And uh, last attack... Wow. Wow, wow, wow. He rolled twice for advantage, and both attacks were crits. A quadruple crit. <laughs> it's so much crit. I am terrified to see what the person that was coming in first in Trans martial arts tournaments was doing to people. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So Tran do so, so, so does a 25 poison damage on the... Um, the abolith um and that's a sequence of attacks there all right you just start going fucking speed bag on this thing beating mm -hmm. its ass the the water is becoming uh, kind of hard to see in with all the poison and the blood from your fists and from gladys's vials uh now that the stunning is over at the end of your turn legendary action tentacle strike that's a 20. so i'd like to say since throg is currently mind controlled right now and fighting gladys uh, I think what's happening is that, and because the, the Aboleth keeps talking about the olden days and memories, uh, the Aboleth has sent him back into a memory of one of the, the wars or battles he's fighting in, and he's just completely lost in like a PTSD flashback at this point. Oh no. Oh. You take 12 damage, and we're back to Gladys. Uh, Gladys, uh, Throggish just hit you with a magic pickaxe. Uh, what do you do? You, you can just kill Throg. It's fine. He's old. <laughs> 
Although I don't think you're going to hit him. He's 20 AC. Yeah, that that ladybug shield is sick. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to hit him, but like, I, I wanted to get that idea out there because it was on my mind. But I do think in the moment, the most like immediate pertinent thing Gladys should do is attack Throg to try to get him to fucking stop. Uh-huh. And I think... If you got area damage, that'll do it. Quick question, is Throg wearing metal of any kind, like armor or something? He has a metal breastplate. Okay, I'm going to use uh, Shocking Grasp. Like, he's, he's already up in my face, so like the touch range doesn't really affect anything. So I'm going to see if that hits with advantage. Oh, it's going to hit anyways. Yeah, it's going to hit just with a 21 there. Yeah. Eight lightning damage. All right, so Throg, you can repeat the saving throw. That's a wisdom saving throw to break uh, the control of the Aboleth now that you've taken damage. I got a natural one. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's bad. I'm going to die. <laughs> that's so bad. Okay, so you swim towards Throg, who is like coming after you with a pickaxe, and you like pop the top on a vial of uh, some kind of electrical liquid, and he's you know shocked, and his body uh, you know thrashes, and you're like, this is it. It's it's waking him up. It, we're you're back, Throg, <laughs> and then Throg just fucking nails you in the head of the pickaxe. Yeah, I think you sent him deeper into his PTSD nightmare. Damn, but she wouldn't have enough context to know that so, so like like so that fucking sucks you could probably tell because his eyes are still glowing i was gonna say that's the tragedy is like you look at him and you're waiting for the red to fade away and then it just cuts to his perspective where he's seeing like a lightning elemental in the great elemental war or something and he's like this is for dragon kind and just go uh, unleashes on you yeah, okay. Uh, well, here it goes. Uh, bonus action, Gort attacks. Uh, nine to hit. Let's see what we get here. 19. That hits. Nine damage, infuse strikes. That'll be... Five. So that's 14 damage. Uh, I swing again. Okay, I got a 14 there, so that misses. Mm -hmm. Uh and then Gort would be attacking immediately after me. So for Throg's attacks, that would be a total of 14 damage. Okay. Um, and then Gort attacks with a plus six to hit. 15. That misses. Okay. So just 14. <sighs> okay. Uh, Gladys is fucking down. R rip in peace. Gladys, what is the nature of the injury? Because you get a long-term consequence, um, you know, perhaps a scar or some kind of cool thing. What does this look like? Paint us a picture. My my my, my main thought was um, like right in one of her eyes. Holy break those, shit! <laughs> break those glasses. Fuck her up. I saw a spark against the dark, and we erupt, but it's a slow burn. We take our chance and start to dance Can see enough to know to turn around The sound of a bonfire carries over fences Titillates our senses, but we don't need the heat A chill wind is pushing you into me And it's looking like we might be burning Might be burning, might be burning down But we're a bonfire, we keep putting in we keep putting in Oh, we're a bonfire 